This is 40K Today. A better start to any day than waking up next to the great unclean one whispering sweet nothings in your ear. Hello and welcome to a special Best of 40K Today. Monday to Friday, we are your daily 15-minute news, views, and interviews deep dive into the entire hobby of Warhammer 40,000. Today, we bring you a selection of our favorite interviews from the week. We have to say a massive thanks to our friends at Frontline Gaming for having us in on a Saturday. If you like what you hear, give us a listen during the week at 40kToday.com, or you can find us via your favorite podcast player. Just search, you guessed it, 40K Today. I'm your host, John Damaris, and today on the program, David Koska shares some amazing conversion tips and tricks. Ken Hammer Darren shares his love for the custodies. Kipster talks to us all about the Black Library, and we have everybody's favorite falcon on the show. Okay, 40K Today family, let's roll out. You ever see someone's army and think to yourself, I would have never thought of using those bits in that way. What an impressive piece of work. That's exactly how I feel about David Koska's amazing Admech army. Dude blows my mind every time I see a new one of his models with his conversions. And we were lucky enough to hear about his process, which is almost as unique as his creations. All right, my good friend David Koska joins us. And if you guys haven't seen his Admech army, it is one of the most beautiful things on a given tabletop. Uh, it It is absolutely gorgeous. But I think one of the things that makes his army so special is all the wild conversions that he does. So, David, you want to talk about some tips and tricks for readers who are, you know, readers, listeners, who are getting ready to get into conversions and, and, and how you would get started and what, 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 would, what would you do? Um, you know, I'm really lucky because... Um, also, thank you, John, for having me on, by the way. Sorry, I should probably start with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, when it comes to conversions and stuff... Um, I'm really fortunate to kind of be part of like the sculpting hobbyist part of the culture that's is Warhammer. And, uh, through that, I've had some amazing conversations that have really changed how I thought about conversions and how to make models. Um, there are two people in particularly that really changed the way I convert and build things. Uh, the first guy, his name is, uh, Isaac Tobin. Uh, people on uh, Instagram will know him as weirding ways, um, he's one of the Inquisimunda guys. You might have saw his uh, Blanchitsu articles in White Dwarf. But one of the really interesting things that uh, Isaac does when he converts his models is that uh, really quick question, John. How do you how do you break apart your sprues? I cut them with uh, clippers, right? Yeah, but once you break the bottles apart, how do you how do you how do you put your models uh, like how do you put the parts away? I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really put them away. <laughs> I just throw the sprues in a box, right? The unused <laughs> sprues. Okay. Well, so what happens is when when most people clip their sprues, you know, they usually take the bits and they, you know, they put heads in the head box and left arms in the left arm box and you know, pants in the pants box. You know, um, um have you ever done that? Or is that is that? <laughs> I'm That's like, way am beyond I crazy? me. No, I keep I keep bags of sprues, and whenever I want another part, I go look through the sprues for Whoa. parts. That's how I do it. Oh, rad. Okay. Well, what I used to do initially was I used to do that. I used to be like, oh, all the guns go in the gun box and all, like, for certain factions. Well, what Isaac does is Isaac takes a, a piece and looks at it and goes, this is spherical. I'll put this in a sphere container, and I will look at this and say this is a rectangle and this is a square. And they don't. he doesn't look at them as 
the actual part they're supposed to represent, he looks at their component shapes. Oh, and I always so found thinking about it as thinking about it like building blocks then, right? So when he goes to put a converted exactly. model together, he's looking for rectangles or spheres or triangles to build the geometries he's trying to build out of it. That's cool. That's really, really exactly. smart. Yeah. And I'm, when, when he told me this, I went home and I think I just started building things I never built before. Like I built like my, my jet bike, uh, ballast drive for my Skatari. And, uh, you know, just this last week I built this weird, like Mecca Kokobo looking Cerberus Raider from the new Cerberus kit. Um, and I looked at like his thing, and also there's another guy named uh, the Polysmith, and he's on Instagram as well. He's his conversions once again just like mind-blowingly beautiful conversions, and they're very organic in nature. And they're mostly all like robot stuff, mostly. Now he's doing like demon things. And just, the way that they these people stretch the kits to the limit is it defies logic at times. And these are the kind of people that you should look at and gain inspiration from because they just look at things differently and it's okay not to look at a head as a head. Maybe look at, um, you know, like for me, I, I saw a leg from a, a doom crawler, a little armor plate. And I was like, this would make a great head for like a dinosaur face or something. And, you know, because you start breaking it down to their geometric shapes, it's like you, you start finding more uses for certain parts. That's amazing. So then, so your conversions, do you have a plan or do you sort of let it organically come together? I'm kind of curious. Oh yeah. I just, honestly, I just have like a bottle of wine and I just have at it, man. Like, and I just get really psyched. I'm like, Oh my God. And then he could have like a tentacle bursting out of his face and I'm like, what could be a tentacle? And then I'm like, I run through my bits boxes like a frantic madman. And then usually I get like the first model figured out and then it becomes kind of like the, the, uh, the, the pecking order of how the model's made. Yeah. And uh, one thing I do want to say too is um, there's a guy named Modern Synthesis um, on Instagram, another amazing art uh, sculptor, artist. And he taught me how to be fearless. Um, he taught me how to pretty much don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to learn how to sculpt. If you're not good at sculpting, at least try and really just go at it. Um, I know a lot of people when they get a kit, they are afraid to dig into it because they're, you know, this is an expensive bit that I have, or like this only comes once per box set and they get very scared to, you know, mess around with the component. I would recommend that you just go for it. Um, like my buddy, like I went up to Toronto to go visit with him and he and I sculpted for two days straight. And the things that I just started sculpting that I thought I was too afraid to do, I did it. Because you just have to break through that sensation that you're not good enough. You just got to just go for it. I think that's great advice. So I, just in summary, I guess what you're saying is don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to fail forward. Because if you make a mistake, yeah. you can always <laughs> learn something of it and Im improve on what you did, right? Yeah. And honestly, like, this is plastic models. I mean, like, if you if you screw up, just, like, try again. Who cares? No? I mean, this is all – this is your hobby. This is your passion time. Like – you know, it won't it won't destroy you or you know financially just uh, obliterate your yourself. If, yeah, if exactly. You I mean, granted, hey, I actually hacked a part of Sergeant Centurius model from eBay. So, um, yeah, just go for conversions. Just try them out. You know, like get past that fear. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, David. I think that's great advice. And yeah. uh, where can people find you if they want to see some of your work? 
Well, um, I have an Instagram. It's a uh, Coscamade. It's a uh, K O S Z K A M A D E. I'm assuming there'll be a link underneath the description on the 40k today uh, yep. YouTube. So you you, <laughs> you nailed it. it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Have a great night. That interview was full of advice that I had never heard before. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. I have a confession to make. When I started 40K around about a year ago, I was looking for an inexpensive army to get into, and I ended up choosing between Custodes and Grey Knights, and I chose the Grey Knights. Now I'm so full of regret as the Custodes look like they're going to be a ton of fun in 9th edition. And there is one person on this planet that has proven over and over again that he has, in fact, the most love for Custodes possible, and that's Canhammer Darren. He's been flying their colors for these magnificent models all through 8th edition, and he stops by to share some of his many, many, many things that he's super excited about. Oh my good 40K Today listeners, I am so pumped. I am joined by the one and only Canhammer Darren that is going to talk to us about those golden boys, the Custodes. Darren, how excited are you on a scale of 1 to 10? For your oh the new book. man, if I was allowed to, I'd be like 15, 16. But uh, you know, there's always that argument is can you really give like 110%? You know, is that mathematically possible? <laughs> here here but, at yeah. 40k today, it is mathematically possible. You are a 15 <laughs> on a one to 10 scale. I, I take that all day, yeah. So, super excited. Let's talk about it. What are you most excited to get on the table? Like, what so obviously, psychic awakening has been and it's a war of the spider for them, is that right? That's right. Okay. Um, what are the, the rules that were previewed that you're most excited about or that you've seen with, in the previews? Well, I got to just comment that it's a little bit annoying that Fabius Bile is on the cover and not a custodian, but I'll forgive GW for that for now. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm just excited about everything. I mean, um, we can play all our units again. You know, um, we, we've gone through a decent chunk of 8th edition having to uh, just spam storm shields and hide in ruins and hopefully get an opportunity to come out and do something before we die. And um, now we can play other things and not die as quickly and have actually play the game. Um, and so that's the most exciting thing. We get to actually play the game. And... Um, you know, it's it's a combination of the book and the new edition, you know, almost simultaneously coming out at the same time that has really been a big deal for us. Um, so and yeah, I think it's going to be a big deal. I've been I've been talking on the show about how good it is for custodies players to actually have CPs. And then I've been whining about Tanglefoots for days. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I don't think our book actually works in eighth, really. I mean your average list is eight CP. You spending four pregame now. What are you going to do, right? Like, I don't yeah, think nothing. it actually was written to actually be played in eight, but it certainly can be played ninth. And to help you out, John, we got so many other things to spend CP on now. We may not be spending that many on Tanglefoot. So there you go. <laughs> I don't. Not sure that's good because Tanglefoot is so good. So the fact that there's things that are better than Tanglefoot to spend CPs on, I, I'm not. Ah, okay. So let's talk about that. What? Why don't you share like some of the things that you're most excited to try? Um, I mean, I'm excited to try uh, for sure uh, many of the new stratagems. Um, it, it's a it's been a trend that a lot of the new armies getting new books are pretty stratagem based. Like their their newfound power comes from stratagems, and um, now that we're going to have soon the CP to use all these stratagems, 
then it's it's using the stratagems, which is where our real true power comes from in the new book. So I'm excited to just try them all out. Um, and that's really fun. I don't, I don't know if it, I too bad we don't get like new data cards or anything because I love slapping the card down on the table. No, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll have to There's something very tactic, very tactile, and very rewarding about that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Can you share? Can you share with our listeners maybe what? Can you name a stratagem that you think is going to be really like maybe even defining? Yeah, um, I don't have. I'm embarrassed to say I don't have the actual name of the strategy in front of me, but there's one stratagem that uh, for two CP it, it allows uh, you pick one of your units, and everybody that attacks that unit in that phase does not get any rerolls. So this is a, I believe a unique uh, mechanic in 40k so far. Um, I don't remember any other stratagem doing this, denying rerolls. And so that means you don't get reroll your uh, number of shots, reroll hits, reroll wounds, reroll damage. There's a lot of stratagems that do all those things for armies. So you just cannot reroll anything against that unit for the whole phase. You, um, you, know, what, you know what that makes me think of? Like poor grav devs in... Uh, a pod, right? Because they're going to come down and just be like, "What are you targeting?" Okay, two CP. Have fun, boys. <laughs> yeah. So, so those no chapter masters, uh, uh, you know, can go take a break. You know, all these uh, re rolls, lieutenants, and re roll damage, and number like all these things can just uh, don't count for anything. That is so amazing, and even things indirectly. So one of Custody's big banes is Doom. All right, Eldar power mm. that allows you to reroll wo- all wounds against a particular unit, and we often don't have many ways to stop that. Although we have a few more now, um, but now I don't have to because guess what? This two CP turns off reroll wounds, so we don't have to stop the power. We can just stop it, and it turns off guide simultaneously and all these other buffing powers. So well, yeah, and I mean, I'm just thinking about like a big unit of bikes. Or you know a big unit of terminators um, sitting sitting someplace where they because it looks like in ninth edition you're gonna have to like be able to sit in a place and survive for a turn and custodians yeah. are gonna be really good at that they're gonna be really good at that uh, they already have a lot of good defensive measures so just adding because I think there's also isn't there like an ignore AP minus one yeah so the problem we've had when we first came out we were okay at surviving but the game has just gotten so lethal. And it's especially that low, uh, like AP one, AP two, but high volume mass shooting. You know, now you got like storm bolters spitting out AP one shots. So, and so two up save is not what it used to be. Um, but now terminators, particularly now, have a stratagem that turns AP one, AP two into AP zero, which now makes you a boss in your two up armor. Um, and so combined with some of the other combos as well, that is just super strong. I love it. So you heard it here, Frost. The Golden Boys are back in town. Uh, do you want to leave the listeners with anything before we go? I think um, we. Uh, I run a Discord channel where we've been huddling by the fire for a number of months, waiting for our book. And uh, since I cracked the review on on uh, on Sunday, we've had almost two three hundred people join our Discord. Um, so I think if you're ever been interested in playing Custodes, now is a great time to get into them with the new edition and the new book. It's a great time to play the Golden Boys, so people should come along and join us. Thanks, Darren. So much Golden Boy hype! Darren is a real pro, and it's always great to hear genuine passion. Next up on the show, we get dangerous. 
We talk all things Black Library. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. Today's episode of 40K Today is brought to you by Frontline Gaming. Frontline Gaming is a one-stop shop for all your Warhammer hobby needs, discounted products, American-made gaming mats and terrain, and a full line of miniatures painting service and daily hobby content. And this can all be found at frontlinegaming.org. Welcome back. 40K Today's Tanya Gates sits down with the one and only Kipster to talk about his love for the Black Library. Listener be warned, engaging with this content will lead you into a dark dimension where your only escape is to read all 150-some-odd Black Library books in just a few short years like our guest today. Thank you so much for being on the program, Quipster. It's so good to have you here. It's great to be here. So I have noticed that you have read a lot of Black Library books in the past few years. So uh, what's your running tally and how long did it take to get there? So Black Library is a really interesting one for me because I actually tallied it up. I've I've got everything on my uh, Goodreads account. And uh, as it turns out, I've read about 130 uh, Black Library books, but that doesn't count uh, like some compilations of short stories. So if you count every short story as a separate book, it's probably more up to 150. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. And how long did it take you to get that that far? So I, I knew you'd ask me this. Uh, and I was thinking about it last night, and I suddenly realized that my um, sort of relationship with the law is something that I've had since the age of about maybe 13, 14. And you know, I've, I've dropped out of, out of the hobby twice uh, when I was like 14 and again when I was 18 and I went to uni and I realized throughout that entire time I've always been reading the books like I've always been keeping up with the Horus Heresy um so technically speaking I've been reading on and off since I was about 13 so since 2003 god I feel old (laughs) (laughs) well I'm older than you so don't feel too old Uh, (laughs) <laughs> what drew you do you remember what drew you to like the first novel that you picked up yeah so the first ever 40k book that i read was Ghostmaker by dan abnett nice. um i think it was the second uh of the gaunt's ghost books uh possibly even the first i can't i can't even remember it was so long ago but uh honestly it was the front cover that got me i looked at it and there's a 13 year old kid you're just like oh my god this looks so cool it's got yeah. guns and soldiers and stuff and you you look at it you're like oh yeah i'll have that but it's interesting to me uh how my relationship with the fiction has sort of evolved over time as i've grown older um i've started the books that i would have liked back then are absolutely not the books that i i enjoy now like for example everyone talks about bolter porn and how uh like, oh, yes, it's space marines running around going, brother, brother, chainsword, <laughs> bolters. And, you know, as a kid, you love all that kind of stuff. But I realized, uh, sort of growing up, that the books I'm enjoying now are the far more introspective books. Um, I think that's one of the big reasons that Aaron Dempsey Bowden, Chris Raitz, uh, Guy Healy, Haley even, uh, they're so popular is because, you know, 
we all grew up with this and now we're adults. And these, those kinds of authors, they delve really far into, uh, Chris Rate, for example, delves into what does it mean to be a custodian? What does it mean to be a white scar? And if you, if you really look at, say, Arundhati Bowden again, and say Black Legion or Talon of Horus, there's actually not a lot of action in those books. It's very short and sharp. The rest of the book is just space marines talking to each other. And so that kind of like, and sort of the introspection they have about the nature of their existence in the Eye of Terror, I think that's sort of the, the fascinating part of the, the fiction, rather than just like, bolters and chainsaws! Yeah, I, I actually agree because um, James Swallow is one of my favorite authors, and um, he Ooh, yeah. is very introspective about like the the notion of faith and and purpose, and I find that really interesting. Um, so, do you have a favorite Black Library author? I uh, see. It, it goes. I, I oscillate so wildly with this. I think at the moment I'm going to say Chris Ray. If only because, like, you know how uh, each author seems to be given, like, a Space Marine faction or, or mm-hmm. Xenos faction or whatever. He's been given the Custodians, and obviously I'm a massive Custodian player. And what he's done with their fiction uh, and their narrative is, I think, unsurpassed by anyone else who's tried to sort of delve into that mindset. And he, he's <laughs> taken it in a very interesting direction. So I, I love his work at the moment, anyway. <laughs> awesome. And then, so one last question. Do you have a favorite grim dark moment from the novels? Oh, okay, okay. I've got twenty seconds. I'm going to say this really quickly. The ho- throughout the entire Horus Heresy, Lorgar, well, especially in the early bits, Lorgar always thinks Gilliman hates me. A lot of my brothers hate me. I feel really bullied. This is terrible. Some of them do hate him, but Gilliman actually loves him. And there's a bit in I think Betrayer where Gilliman says. You know, my my wayward brother, I love him so much. And, like, eventually Lorgar realizes this and goes, oh, my God, maybe I've made a mistake. That <laughs> moment, that moment. Ah, oh, love it. Ph- phenomenal. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to have to pick up that one. It is on my list of, of books to read, so I'm going to have to pick up that one next in and give Do it. Do it. Absolutely oh. worth it. Thanks so much, Quipster. It's great to be on. Thanks for having me. Well. Sorry, not sorry, but it looks like we might need a 40K Today book club. Who's with me? Sometimes you meet someone for the first time and you immediately realize we're going to be best friends. I am an unabashed Peter the Falcon fan. Seriously, the guy just makes everything fun and is so completely selfless. Like, I, I, there isn't a single bad thing I could say about him. I made him jump on a mic with me just so we could talk about what he's up to and ask him what he thinks about Ninth Edition. Peter the Falcon Calismio, who I can't tell you how much I've missed, like nonstop missing this guy. No events, no stat center, makes for a very sad John. Peter, how are you? Kaka! I'm doing great, buddy. Doing great. As, as good as can be, given what's been going on in our crazy mixed up world. It, it is a little goofy. So how excited are you on a scale from 1 to 1,723 for ninth edition, are you? Like, um... The heavy breathing that comes out of my body uh, thinking about ninth edition is 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 extreme. I absolutely am about as stoked, I think, as anybody can be about the prospect of this of what's coming. Just off the previews and what I've been able to learn, the little tidbits we keep getting, 
Um, like it's going to, I think it's going to be great. And I'm very excited because, um, as someone that, you know, collects stats uh, on this game, I don't like when the meta gets stale and there's nothing that's going to break up a meta more than a whole new brand set, uh, like a whole set of rules to change it all up. Right. Yeah. It's going to take us, it's going to take a while for people to sort through it all. And there'll be a lot of exploration that goes on for, for sure. a good, a good bit of time. Right. Yeah. And w- What's amazing is everybody's got a fleshed out codex in Psychic Awakening. Now, you can argue about I some mean, might have Necrons, a little more than not really. Necrons but they, didn't get anything, but they're getting the first codex or one yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. They're getting one of the first codexes. Yeah. So technically correct is the best kind of correct. <laughs> right. Well, that's me. I'm about as pedantic as you can get. So like it's one of the reasons why people love you. Aww. So yeah, for me, like every every rules change that they've previewed so far, I've been like, right on. Yep. I see what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. I see what you're going for, and I support GGW. I don't even hate it. Yep. And uh, I mean, I know change is hard for some people, and I think that's been pretty obvious. But uh, for sure, yeah, there's definitely been some outcries about some some things as we've progressed. But um, all in all, like you said, pretty much everything they've leaked, I've been a okay with. Uh, especially when uh, when you take it in the grand whole. I mean, Reese, Frankie, Brad Chester, all these um, testers that are out there that have been on podcasts, Brian Pullen recently on Can Hammer, who did an excellent interview. Like, they're all saying the same thing. For every rule that we're getting kind of like leaked, there's probably fi- there's five or six other ones that deal directly with that that we haven't seen. Um, so we really don't even have, we have like a sixth of the picture. We don't really know exactly how it's all going to play out. Um, and I'm pretty excited for it. I'm pretty excited. The new morale thing that came out today, I think it was, not as excited about that yet, but I'm told there's way more coming with it. So we'll see how that plays out. That was one where I was like, maybe we're rolling a little too many dice here, guys. Let's calm this down. But we'll <laughs> right? See. I will say this too. Like every playtester that I've I've talked to who's disclosed that they're a playtester to me has said, ninth edition is great. Yeah. Like I haven't heard a single playtester be like, uh, I liked eighth edition better. Not mm-hmm. a single one. Not a single one. So that's exciting. Yeah. So I I see, Mister Falcon, that you've got a pipe. I do. You are- I, I, yes. Usually I don't uh, turn on the webcam for for you, uh, John. But we haven't talked in so long. I figured you could look at my face just a little bit longer. Um. Yeah. I'm. I've bought a bit of a costume. Uh. We talked. I think I've mentioned this last time I was on the show, maybe or maybe on other shows. But I'm. Um. I'm planning a new show. It, like in the interim while we wait for Stat Center to kick back in, uh, Fireside with the Falcon. So I've got a pipe. I've got my captain set, my uh, smoking jacket. I'm going to hop onto Twitch and read uh, 40K short stories for people um, and chat lore, chat the game. Yeah, just do stuff since so many of us are still kind of locked in our houses or are a little uh, trepidatious about walking outside right now. So That is amazing. What, what should Twitch channel are you going to be on for that? It'll be the 40K Stat Center Twitch uh, that we used for LVO, uh, twitch.tv slash 40K Stat Center. And that's center spelled the proper way, R-E, not E-R, like you crazy folk down south. Um, <laughs> down south being in, 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 in the USA, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I live in the Arctic. Literally everyone is south of me. So except for the Mob Rules guys in Alaska, they're about it. Like everybody else is below. So. 
That's amazing. So this actually sounds like a lot of fun. Do you have any idea when the first episode will be released? When are, when are you kicking off? So my hope, um, I have some artwork coming in for the um, the layout uh, some that I'm, I've uh, commissioned. That's supposed to come in in the next couple of days. So my hope is early next week, say Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to do my first recording. Uh, I'll be reading a couple of the short stories from uh, Magos, the Dan Abnett uh, like Eisenhorn uh, book. It has like a collection of uh, older uh, short stories in it um, about Eisenhorn and some other major characters in the lore. So I'll probably read a couple of those, chat for a little bit, and just hang out and uh, talk to people if they want to talk. All right. I'm going to be there. And uh, I'm going to tell people, if your camera's not on, clothes are optional. So... <laughs> Well, I got a green screen coming, but I do have a fireplace in my house. So if the green screen isn't here by then, I'm going to start no matter what. I'll just turn on the fireplace, even though it's, um, you know, 80 or 90 degrees up here uh, this time of year. Uh, who cares? Make it happen. I'll sweat it out just for you guys. <laughs> You're the man. All right. <laughs> Peter, thanks for joining us. And, uh, hey, man. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, we Everybody loves you. You know mm-hmm. that. That's not true, but like I would say, there, there's a there's a few people that love me. There's there's at least one chubby Asian I know that's a big fan. <laughs> I don't know about you, listeners, but I need fireside chats with the Falcon in my life. Dun dun dun! It's time for model of the day. It's the the model of the day. The model of the day. The model of the day. Every day during our regular weekday show, we feature a model of the day, and we've been able to show off some stunning work this week. This week's model of the week is one you might have already seen. And oh my goodness, Rod by Vulcan brings us Tigerius, the chief librarian himself. Look, I don't want to tell you what to do, but you should absolutely check out the pictures of this model. It's a very inspirational piece. What separates this model from most is the incredible freehand on the banner and his cloak. It must be seen to be believed, and I don't know if I even have the words to describe it. So in short, come look at this beautiful model. If you have a model that you think we should feature on the show or you've seen a model that we should, let us know by our hashtag on Instagram, uh, hashtag 40K today, or toss us a message to our Facebook. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. A big thanks to our content producer, Alex Banter, our social media superstar, Tanya Gates, and our technical producer, Seamus Ronan, for all their amazing hard work, once again, in putting this program together. If you liked what you heard on the show today, make sure you come check us out at 40ktoday.com or on your favorite podcast platform. We do a 15-minute show every day with exactly the kind of interviews that you heard on this one. We'll see you next week. Until then, for the 40K Today team, I'm John Damaris, and that's what's happening in 40K Today. <laughs>